Check one, check two. 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 No, you have to do it in my voice. Check, check one, check two. Check one, check two. Is that accurate? Yes. Ready? This is going to be the intro song. California, 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 California. Oi. Okay. It's Christmas. We'll put like a shit. It's, it's Chris McCoy. You have to have an oi in there. Oh yes, of course, of course. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we cannot, we cannot Mm-mm. narrow our focus. No, 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 no. We're going. We're there. We're going. We're there. Kick it. What's up, Spoon Nation? Um, <laughs> <laughs> gonna get sued. Welcome back to Orange. You glad we watched the OC, where you think somebody is gonna go in the pool. But nobody goes in the pool, and you're like, why do they even have a pool? Why do they even have a pool? I don't have my rubber bands. <laughs> he doesn't have his rubber bands. I'm Sarah, and the yourself. person who is getting the rubber bands is Evan. Talk and this is the podcast where Evan has never seen hide nor hair of the seminal television show from 2003, The O.C., and I have seen it. So we're going to watch it together and talk about it. You remembered the whole intro. I hell as fuck did. Good job. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Hi, Sarah. What are your pronouns? My pronouns are she, they. My pronouns are Annie and all. Mm. Booyah. Mm. So what's the title of this episode 13? The best Chris Mika ever. I'm really pleased that I finally got to see this because we had a little, um, we had a little Christmas party. Call it like a office party, I guess. I guess. Te- I, right? Technically. Well, we invited some stray people <laughs> who are not from the office. Right. A good time was had. Uh, yeah, a good time was had by all. You did not have a full sense of what Christmaco was? No, I had literally no idea what the fuck we were actually doing, but I do appreciate that. As part of the decorations, you printed out a black and white uh, copy of the um, the the Cohen family Christmas card. The Cohen family Christmas card, which is seen at the last shot of this episode. You're spoiling it. I'm sorry. You're spo- oh, you're no! Spoiler alert. <laughs> really sorry, everybody. Episode thirteen. So before we, before, I guess we have to do the news real quick, or we have to do the kind of the the, the breaking news, the the catch up. At time of recording, um, we are a few days away from actual Christmas. We're in the middle of Hanukkah, um, and it's going to be negative seventy degrees here tomorrow. What are you talking about? 
It's going to be cold, but it's not going to be negative 70 degrees. With wind chill, it can be because the wind chill is, is potentially going to be up to up to up to 50 miles an hour. Well, they don't go outside. So, yeah, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Like, so we're in the Midwest um, and the the radio stations that I listened to while running errands today were like, so, um, oh, no, it must have been yesterday. I stayed very in today. Um, it's Winter Storm Elliot. Yeah. Um, oh, really? It's a name. I didn't know that we had named. It may as well be called Winter Storm Oliver. Oh, are you? Is this? Are you doing a spoiler now? I'm doing eyes at you, and people can't see that I'm doing eyes at you because <laughs> it's an audio, it is an audio medium. medium but <laughs> there's a guy. Who shows up at the end of this episode. Well, we'll get to that. We'll talk about it. So what is Winter Storm Elliot's pronouns? Um, that feels like a very they, them. <laughs> <laughs> Winter Storm Elliot's pronouns are... <laughs> and... <laughs> and maybe... Um, yeah, okay, here's the thing. Like, So it's going to be like negative 20 degrees by itself. But then with the 50 miles per hour wind, that will potentially drop it to negative 70 wind chill, which um, the radio is also like it uh, takes two minutes in negative 70 wind chill for skin to get frostbite. Um, So if you're in the Midwest and if this is anywhere near you, uh, stay inside. Don't go outside. No, there's no reason to. Not worth it. Mm -mm, Nope. Stay inside. Uh, if you lose power, uh, bundle yourself up. Get away from all the windows. Go to a room of wherever you are that has as few outward-facing walls as possible. Um, don't sweat. Do not like. Don't actually exercise because sweat, uh, unless you have wool or sweat-wicking clothing, uh, is real bad for you in the cold. So don't do that. Um, I saw something online that was like better naked than wet. And I'm like, in cold, in cold. That's in a, a in myth. A cold situation. No. That's a myth that was I'm not propagandized to, I mean, by the Team Jacob lobby. I'm saying, I'm in saying, Twilight. I'm saying, obviously, stay clothed if your clothes are dry. If your clothes are dry, taking them off is a bad idea. Dry clothes, good. Wet clothes, bad. Better naked than wet clothes is what I'm saying. Okay? Are we on the same page now? I don't know. You're not on my page? Also, what does this have to do with the the Sethiverse? This is banter, baby. It's banter? It's ba- this is the opening... We don't note. have a banter segment. Well, guess what? I'm fucking introducing it because <laughs> this is also my podcast and I get to do what I want. I was not... These changes were not approved. Yeah, no, I don't have to approve shit with you. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the... um, um, You're making your case here. What what, what, what word am I looking for? Really strong. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I'm not the boss of you? I mean, you are the showrunner. Like, that I'm totally fine with. Uh-huh. You're absolutely the showrunner. I'm a showrunner, producer, concept. and director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B. But I'm part of the talent. Uh-huh. Um, 
I'm getting a real big head about it. So <laughs> welcome to the banter segment, whether you like it or not. Otherwise, uh, subtitle, this podcast wasn't long enough already. <laughs> well, the last episode only came in at what, like two hours and 15 minutes or something like that? <laughs> Two hours and 15 minutes of talking about a 45-minute show. Shockingly short. We're good at this. The audience demands longer episodes. (laughs) They've just been been craving it. We've gotten so many DMs about... James Cameron has submitted a (laughs) nine-hour cut of Avatar 3 to fucking Disney Plus. We can beat that. Nine hours. We can beat that. No, we can't. Ten hour podcast. I have to go to bed eventually. Yeah, not, not tonight's episode. Oh my god. I don't think enough happens in Christmaka to, to justify a ten hour I think episode. a lot of stuff happens in Christmaka. Well, if, if you feel done with the banter segment of the episode, then I guess we could start, we could dip our toe into uh, season one, episode 13 of the OC, titled The Best Christmaka Ever. I feel as though I have been both alternately the Ryan and the Marissa to your Seth in the world of holidays. How dare you? Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Because Seth, in this yeah. sense yeah. only. Do we start in the breakfast nook? Where do we, we start? Yes, we start in the breakfast nook because Seth is like, my dad's a Jew. Mm-hmm. My mom's. What Protestant? Yeah, who knows? Wasp. She's a yeah. She's a wasp. She's yeah, a yeah, wasp. Yeah. And what does that make me? Someone who gets to celebrate both holidays, baby. He's introducing the concept of Christmaka to one Ryan Atwood. He's soft launching it to Ryan, and Ryan is not having any of it. Ryan is like, I'm just going to be in the pool house, uh, counting my wrist bracelets and chokers, wrist cuffs, and um. You're totally right. Yeah, you're. So, yes, thank you. Now I understand. You're not saying I'm the Seth Cohen of our relationship. I would have thrown myself out a window oh my uh, if you had said something like that. And you can't because it's cold. It's very cold. Out. Yeah. What did we say? What did we just get done saying? <laughs> Do not go outside. Uh, um, but, yeah, no. So you're saying my relationship to the holidays makes me the Seth Cohen. Has been one of joy mm-hmm. and looking forward to. Yeah, and I recognize a certain amount of privilege comes with that. Like, I'm very, very fortunate to have, I won't say none, not not none family drama, but very low family drama for the most part, you know? Yeah. Um, and very, very, like, tolerable family drama. Um, yeah, and like, you know, Christmas for most of my entire life was just a great opportunity to see people that I care about. Uh, get and to give presents and eat delicious seafood gumbo, which might not be a lot of people's tradition, but it started. Um, we it started have- with the baby Jesus and his love <laughs> of clam chowder. <laughs> Bring unto me the clam chowder. Yeah, they were the three kings. Uh, the one king brought uh, lobster rolls. Lobster. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, if it was three kings, if we're going to break the components of this famous gumbo that my uncle used to make and now my aunt makes, I know my cousin makes, um, if we're going to break it down into thirds, the first king brought seafood, 
Yep. All of the seafood. The second king brought wine because there's a bunch of wine in it. And the third king brought butter because <laughs> mostly it's it's equal parts seafood, wine and butter. Is there's this cream gumbo. in there somewhere. Is there too. also cream? Right. So we'll just say dairy products. Yes. Yeah. Equal parts. One uh, of the kings brought a cow. One, <laughs> one of the kings was a cow. Oh. Yeah, very, yeah. Right. We three kings of Orient cows. I love it. I we, we are getting so far off we track. Three kings of <laughs> Murient. Oh my Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Set- We're going to lose all five of the people that we have listening <laughs> to this fucking podcast. <laughs> Which is really sad because some of them are friends and family. They're like, sorry guys, you lost us in episode 13. <laughs> Seth is, soft, do it Seth is soft selling Chrismica to Ryan. Ryan is like, no, thank you. I would rather not. And you get an idea that Ryan has reason to yeah. not like Christmas yeah. because of all of his family past trauma. The the because of the deal. The deal. The, his whole his whole deal. thing. His whole shtick. Um. Seth is just full of banter and just prancing around the breakfast. He's really nook. feeling his weedies. He's feeling his weedies. In most of this episode. Fucking loves Chrismica. Yep. Loves every fucking part of it. Yep. Um, we transition to him uh, discussing the fact that he is going to give Anna and Summer, who he is inviting to this big party at Julie Cooper's house uh it's not the cooper's house it's isn't it is it caleb nichols house is it actual caleb nichols i think it's house? actual caleb nichols house because okay. it's fucking huge okay caleb nichols house yeah and they've uh, yeah no you're right the uh what's where is it's got like name? a fucking veranda that like overlooks the ocean or something cooper sorry Fuck. i couldn't remember the coopers live in a lowly like triple yeah, story jimmy now is in a yeah, Jimmy now is in the apartment, but yeah, the original Cooper house, yeah. yeah is it, I mean, yeah, the Cooper it house. It doesn't even have a pool. It doesn't even have a does pool. Does it have a pool? I don't actually know. I think it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. This is all, this is all we fucking talk about on this goddamn <laughs> podcast, and we don't even know much about it. <laughs> We've watched something like three days worth of the, you did the math. Yeah. Um... No, we've spent it's, something like a whole actual day talking about this fucking thing. If uh-huh. we add up all the hours of the episodes and we don't actually know some of the fucking <laughs> shit. We we shouldn't be fucking doctorates in this fucking okay, show by this point. The thing is, I actually do know whether they have a pool at the uh, Cooper's house, but it... it becomes very prevalent in a later episode it's like a plot point oh well, whether they do me. or do not so i will don't not spoil, spoil me, you don't spoil me don't don't spoil me so seth is fucking getting together <laughs> this not st- even five minutes into the episode of the actual episode <laughs> and we're like starter pack for the ladies he's wrapping these things in ryan's pool house are we already there? We're already there. Okay. We're already there because we spent so yes. much time talking about yes. the weather. Sorry, yes. So that's where we're yes. going, and really, here though, we it's are. Important. Don't go outside if you're in the Midwest right now. It's a fucking okay. This it's won't come out until tomorrow, sa- Sunday. Sunday. Is yeah. that when we're okay? Is that actual Christmas? Saturday. I don't actually know. I don't care. It doesn't um. matter. 
Yeah, I love how Ryan comes out of the shower and Seth is on his bed. Yeah. Wrapping these presents. It's like, bitch, you have a fucking room in the actual house you live in. And Seth is like, I see that you took down the wreath that they put on your door. Mm hmm. This is very uh, not wanting to participate in holiday decoration uh, contests at your workplace. Not that I would know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have Christmas forced on you, Seth Cohen, or Chrismica. But right. so yep. Seth is wrapping these gifts that are identical that he is going to give to both Marissa, not Marissa, uh, Summer and <laughs> Anna. That would be a whole other thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Oh no, I that don't. Would be a whole. Can I also say this really quickly? Really quickly. I promise it, I promise it's relevant to actual the OC. I promise. I promise. Can so I? we already introduced the idea that we had we had our own little Christmas party, right? And some friends of ours, some lovely folks from Chicago came came up. Um and uh so uh well one of them, if you're listening, you know who you are. You had such a fancy dress and it was really pretty. Um had never seen the OC as well, and so they watched the first episode. And then the 13th episode. And, and so, as a result, they have no idea what to no make of this television program. Because in the first episode, Seth is like the most pathetic, just loser in the world. And in the 13th episode, he has two gorgeous women vying over him. I wasn't even going to address the Seth of it all in the pilot episode. I was going to address the tenor of the uh, plot, the... It's oh yeah, I mean like the plot of the first one is real downtrodden, serious. real super serious. This Let's is go back, right? Uh, Ryan steals a car, uh is imprisoned. Uh you got to have a plan. Uh-huh. Like those were dark fucking days. Yeah. And now we're only 12 episodes later and it's like kooky party. Well, it's not entirely kooky. There's still no. very serious elements. Yes. There's fe- serious themes at play. Which we will get to. We'll try our best to in get In seven to hours. <laughs> in this. James, Cam- James Cameron's cut of <laughs> the best Christmas ever. <laughs> it's all motion capture. We've got fucking video cameras strapped to our fucking faces. Seth's starter pack. It's called, he calls it Seth Cohen's starter pack. It's as follows. A Bright Eyes CD. A Death Cab CD. A copy of Goonies. A copy of The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Have you ever listened to a female artist in your life? <laughs> Seth Cohen. You know the answer to that. Also, I am still too scared to see the Goonies. So... Uh, what is Cavalier and Clay? Cavalier and Clay is a book written by Michael Chabon. Okay. It um, it's basically a couple of guys talking about comics and oh, being friends in like the early forties. Yeah, okay. From what I remember, in case you guys didn't know, and you'll know by the end of this episode, Boy, will you? Seth Cohen is into comics. He likes those comics. Loves them. We do recall from one uh, oh, far far earlier episode. Uh, Seth oh, there's also the shins. There's also the shins in the starter so pack. So here's my question for you: In your research, did you figure out? Did you find out if all of, if literally all of these bands are on the label that owns the 
Fox? Is it Fox? Um, Fox I Records or something? did not actually research that. I don't believe that Death Cab and Bright Eyes share the same label. Bright Eyes was on Saddle Creek, okay. which was an independent label. Okay. I cannot speak for Death Cab. All right. That's fair. I was just curious. I have nothing to say I was about curious the shins. if Seth Cohen's interest in music perfectly aligned <laughs> with all of the properties and the recording artists that were on the label that was owned by the parent company that no. was distributing this show. No, dude, a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that like the music that makes sense with Seth's character and you'll get a sense of what it is as the series progresses. Is it all sad boy music? It's all sad boy music. It's okay. all bright eyes and death cab and that the ilk. Shins. Yeah. A lot of it Adam Brody brought in. Oh really? There was that whole article that I told you about that I read that um Ben Gibbard was talking about the effect of the OC on his band's popularity and the interviewer was like, Is that was that weird for you? And it was like, Yeah. <laughs> It was real weird. <laughs> but to talk about it more would give away more of the plot. Deal so with it, Ben Gibbard. So we're going to keep going. Deal with it. Ryan wants to point out like the flaws in giving two exact sets of the same gifts to two ladies who have distinct and separate personalities. Yep. And Seth is like, no, nah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be totally fine. It'll be great. Don't worry about it. And then he also mentions that instead of taking either of the ladies to the Newport group Christmas party, he's like, I'll meet them there. Yeah. And this doesn't not come back to bite him in the ass later in the episode. Yeah. This whole episode, I found myself asking the question again and again, what the fuck is wrong with you, Seth? I'm on... The verge of being charmed by Seth Cohen. Okay, I will admit also, you heard me. I laughed out loud at a number of Seth Cohen quips. A couple of times, yes. Yeah, a few things he said really If you me. set aside, and I, I do want to also address the fact that we find Adam Brody hot now, and we did not find Adam Brody hot in the era of this show. Yeah. I think for me personally, it is just... It's kind of the same thing. I was attracted to a football player on Friday Night Lights, Matt Saracen. Okay. Hi, Matt Saracen. You're still dreamy. <laughs> but I was like 30 sure. when I watched that show. You were in your 20s when you watched The O.C. Yeah. And the gap is shorter between high school and 20s but mm -hmm. now as a 40 year old and just like ugh, ugh, no you have not grown into your body yeah. fucking yeah i think that's where it comes from okay we were discussing at the christmas party the mm -hmm. levels of the generations of adam brody <laughs> the generational thirst for one adam brody generational thirst generational thirst it's what what era the thing that in. shocked me most is the chicagoans said that they did not hate seth um, but also if they only watched the first and the 13th episode they have not seen some of the things that we have seen we, he has pulled some shit he has really but do you remember what i keep wrong. i have kept saying this show really wants you to like him well he's the he insert really he's want the self-insert like yeah he's the writer essentially of this fucking show mm-hmm well, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, so Ryan uh, is like, I'm really not into the holidays. 
and Seth is trying to get him more involved. When do they go back into the breakfast nook and it's Sandy and Kirsten? Well, there's a very brief thing that happens before then. Both um, Anna and Summer run up to Seth at school at the same time. And mm-hmm. they both know now that he is meeting them at the party. Yeah. yeah. Oopsie doodle. Whipsy doodle. Whoopsie <laughs> schnurdle. Furpsen, blurpsen. Furpsen, flapsen. Why are these women interested in this one, Seth Cohen? I still don't. Well, okay, no. Anna makes sense. Anna still, and I will say, does make sense. Because they're both into very similar things. They share a lot of interests in common. This whole this whole arc of what happens between this triangle and this episode makes absolutely no sense to me. And furthermore, in general, to like go off the rails a little bit even more get off those rails you don't i don't like what's happening to summer's character like full stop period poo is are you talking about some of the things that happen later in the episode well no not even that she is like we were introduced to her as marissa's best friend Mm -hmm. like best best friend Mm -hmm. and she has been completely divorced Yep. from that relationship yep. and she's now just a person who like follows Seth around with puppy eyes and tiaras and yeah and fuck you know what and like, a bunch of shit goes down with Marissa in this episode a bunch of shit goes down with Marissa in this episode she really could have used a friend yeah hmm. what is that what is that what is that I ask you yeah no I don't like that either and that hadn't actually even occurred to me so okay uh, they're at school. The girls are like, hey, Seth, can we go to the, the party? You're going to pick us up. What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and Seth, this happens a few times in this episode. Like, Seth excuses himself and the girls are left sort of staring at each other. Yep. In, like, a weird way. The disunionized. Ununionized. The di- what, what's the word that I want here? When a union breaks up. Dissolved? Dissolved union. There you go. The dissolved whole union. <laughs> Decertify. There it is. That's the word I was looking for. Decertify the whole union. (laughs) That's going on our merch. (laughs) Okay, so there's a party at the Newport group that's going to be the central action for this episode. And speaking of the Newport group, we are introduced to the adult people plot line. Yes. Uh, So we are back at the breakfast nook. Yes. And, um... So, oh, oh, we forgot to mention. We forgot to mention. Um, when do they make? When do they make Ryan the present? When do they make Ryan the thing? Is that the stocking? Was that earlier? In oh, the that's the, epi- in the earlier. Yes, this when uh, Seth they're back is, at the boathouse, right? Yes, when Seth is yeah. wrapping the pool house. Sorry, and- fucking god! It will never <laughs> stop. It will. It's just in there. At this point, we're gonna have to mail Ben McKenzie a boat <laughs> to justify all of the times that you have called it Tiny the boathouse. We'll go back. Oh no, the, it is a full we'll size no, ass we'll boat. Go, like goodbye to our be, savings. We're going to go back in. How big do you think our savings is? <laughs> we're going to go back to the bead store in Madison and we'll get a tiny little boat bead and we'll mail it to Ben McKenzie and he'll have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> no context whatsoever. Um, yeah. Okay. So back in the pool house, mm-hmm. uh, Seth was like, here, I made you this because all of us have one. And he gives Ryan a stocking, a cute little stocking 
that says Ryan, and he says, I figured I'd make you one because all of us have them. And he says something like, you know, whether or not it, it suffers the same fate as the wreath, you know. It's up to you or something, yeah. And Ryan gets these big doe eyes. He does. And he wants to trust the situation. He does. But he he can't trust the situation yet. The holidays have done done him wrong. A lot of reasons to trust is the thing. Like Well no, that's not entirely true. There's some there's some it's a real it's a real mixed bag with Ryan's relationship with every with everybody in the OC. Um because obviously the Coens have been very generous in opening their home to him, um, welcoming him into their lives, considering he burned down a house and stole a car in the first two episodes. You know, right? But, but then, he didn't steal their car. Correct. Yes. No. They only he only, he was only he was only uh, accomplice to multiple things happening to the Range Rovers <laughs> over the course of how many episodes? He was just like in the vicinity of the Range was, Rover. It's fine. <laughs> Anyway, so even though people have been nice to him, there's also the fact that people consistently dismiss his intuition and his instincts and his emotions with regards to what he wants to do. But every once in a while. Yeah. A lot of sometimes, at least this episode being a a prime example, um, sometimes people pushing Ryan is actually to his benefit, which we will find out. Everyone's in a Chrismica moon. Ah, it's a Chrismica miracle. But we'll get there. That comes later. But we'll get there. Okay, so now we're back at the breakfast nook. We're at the breakfast nook, and Kirsten is like... Yeah, uh, what? She's um, she's like... Oh, yeah, because she thought She's that like, Chrismica... Oh, Sandy comes in and says Chrismica is canceled or yeah. ruined or whatever. And Seth is like, don't say that. Chrismica is wonderful. Chrismica can solve everything. And Kirsten's like, why? And Sandy's like... Caleb did not take the $200 million settlement offer for the Heights, which, again, definitely exist. So, okay. I need to ask a question because this was something that really confused me. So... Who... Who is buying the Heights from whom? (laughs) Caleb wants to buy the Heights to develop it into condos or some shit. Mm -hmm. But we get information about the Heights in this episode that makes it sound like it's undevelopable. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and chalk this up to writers. Because like, okay, so this was my confusion. At one point, so in this breakfast nook scene, um, he's not settling. He's not settling. But does he, is he trying to raise or lower the number? He is trying to raise the number for which he settles because he is claiming that the Heights are worth a lot more. And this city with untold uh, millions of dollars in its budget or whatever can just be like, sure, we'll give you 200K to settle this dispute and you'll go away. But like, who will own the Heights at the end of that transaction? The city. Because... You think? <laughs> See, okay, I'm glad that it was also very unclear for you as well. 
because it's very ambiguous. But Sandy is upset because there is no settlement. So he's like, I'm going to have to work all Chrismica. And Kirsten is also like, well, fuck, then that essentially means I'm also going to have to work all Chrismica. Yes. And she's not pleased about that. Nobody's pleased about that. Least of all, Seth, who goddamn loves Chrismica and just wants to enjoy Chrismica. Yes. Chrismica. Uh, Kirsten, in the uh, train of this conversation, just kind of decides that she's going to take the day off. And she thinks that uh, Caleb is just screwing with them to get uh, more money in the settlement, which he is. Yes. But she's like, I'm going to take a day off, which I never do. Mm hmm. And she's going to just take the whole holidays off instead of dealing with Caleb. She's going to fucking do it. She's going to fucking do it. She's going to she's going to uh, uh, unwind, tie one on. Yeah. She's going to wassail. She's going to wassail. She's going to deck the halls. She's going to put some cloves into some fucking oranges. Can I say her hair is awful? It's getting worse. What the fuck is happening with her hair? It's got like stripes. Like, okay, so her bangs, she has like five hairs that make up her bangs. They are the thinnest, saddest bangs I've ever seen. What it's like is that they stuck two wigs on top of each other. Because, like, she has layers, but they're the worst layers I've ever seen. Were we doing extensions in the 2003s? I don't fucking know. So, like, it's party in the back. Like, the back (laughs) of her hair is super long. Uh Then the sides of her hair are, like, weirdly mid-length. Yeah. And then the front of her hair is short. It's a long-ass mullet. It's so confusing. Yeah. And it's got weird stripes in it. It's just so bad. Yeah. It's getting worse every single episode, and I do not know what they're what they're trying to do here. We are sorry that they did this to you, lady who played. <laughs> Was it a wig? Kirsten. It might have been. There are choices made in the hair and wardrobe <laughs> departments of this episode that I take umbrage with. There are choices made that I would not have made uh, that we will have to talk about further when they come up in the show. Yes. Jimmy is one of those choices as well. But for now... We are getting to the Ryan and Marissa conversation about how much they both hate the holidays and how Ryan needs Marissa. Marissa decides that she needs to go with Ryan to the mall. Oh, that happens after she has a conversation with her dad. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. It doesn't? Nope. Yes, it, it totally does. Does it? She has a quick conversation with her dad beforehand. Do you like how Because he's got the tie, remember? Yeah. Yes! And she's like, we could cancel Christmas. Yeah. And- she's talking with Jimmy about how she's really not into it. Um, they're poor now, so they can't really enjoy it. And that comes up again later in the episode, too. Yes. Marissa's obviously starting to worry about money, or at least if she's not worrying about money, she's recognizing the fact that... She no longer has the expendable income that she used to have. Yes. The sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Disposable income. Yes. That she used to have. So uh, Jimmy has a job interview. She's helping him pick out a tie, which is sort of a, que- a cute, it's a cute little scene, but like. It's he's the like, same tie. Yeah, he's like this one or this one. And they are basically the same tie. And the way that she responds, she's like, oh, Jesus Christ, the second one. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's she like, does not. And, and at one point he's like. You sure? And she's like, "Yo, yeah, I'm really no. sure." Like she's gonna vomit at the no. sight of the first tie. <laughs> she's not, nauseated by it. it. She's gonna burn that first tie the second he's out of the room. And he gives her a little peck on the cheek, and he's like, "We're not gonna cancel Christmas. What's wrong with you? Christmas, it's great." 
buck up. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to get this job and you'll you'll see, kiddo. Does he also say like, hey, why haven't you been to therapy? Is that when that's dropped? Yes. In? Uh, in the in the previous Leon, we were reminded that Marissa was supposed to go to therapy, but she probably got lost somewhere in the intake paperwork because it's a Byzantine <laughs> operation trying to fucking find a therapist. But also, she probably just didn't want to. I appreciate how heavy handed the previous Leons are. This is what I'm saying. You should stop watching the previous Leons. No, I love the previous Leon. It prepares me for what to expect ahead. But- it. It's you, a little, it's a chart. It's a map. But for, you hate spoilers and you hate previews. I hate spoilers for things that I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, really. I feel like the, I, I, I honestly feel like the previous Leon is a perfect guide for me to sort of set me up for what kind of tone to expect, what kind of shenanigans to expect. And also, because sometimes the characters are not the most consistent people in the world, hmm. it, it helps set me up for which version of these characters are we going to be dealing with in this episode, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes... right? Okay, so the previous Leon dealt uh, heavily with Marissa and her story arc, her character mm-hmm. development. Um so we uh, we got snippets of her old therapist asking her the question, do you ever drink to the point of blackout and uh, played over that were scenes of her unconscious body uh, in the alley from the Tijuana episode. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, the mention of therapy as being part of the deal, <clears throat> part of the deal, as Jimmy says in this episode, for her to be staying with him. Yes. That obviously has not come to, fr- to fruition yet. Yes. Um, so it prepared me that this version of Marissa in this episode is going to be the stressed out teen who drinks. Yes. And that's going to be a, you know, um, a relevant plot point. Yes. So whatever. I, I like the previous Leon. Oh, okay. So it's, it helps me. Okay. So, okay. She says, don't do that first tie because it's going to cause a miscarriage if anyone sees it because it's the worst tie They're ever. the exact same tie. None of this is happening. It's no! A- go back and watch it. She hates the first tie so much. It's a visual gag because they are the same fucking tie. <laughs> Stop trying to convince me that it's not the same tie. So then she and Ryan are commiserating about their their dislike of this time of the year because it's so stressful and uh, they're going to potentially hang out before the party. Um, Oh no, that's right. They weren't, they aren't going to hang out before the uh, the party because Ryan's like, Oh, I have to go to the, what's the name of the mall? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's like, I got to go to the mall. And she's like, Oh, well, it seems to me. Also, this is a, this is a needle that is never threaded because he's like, I got to get presents for these people. And, he never does. No. No. Yeah, wow. They managed to not even attempt to thread that needle. It really is just an excuse to get them to the mall. For a mall montage. It's a really cute little scene, though, because she's like, it seems to me like you need an expert and I will be your guide. And he's like, cool. And what's the music that's playing? It is Maybe This Christmas by Ron Sexsmith. Thank you very much. Welcome. Wow, Sexsmith? Sexsmith. Wow. Sexsmith. Wow. We're going to say it again. 
Sexsmith. <laughs> the montage continues apace. Marissa tries on some shoes and Ryan does the like sinking through the floor a bit to demonstrate how much taller she is. It's really reminiscent of the earlier montage that we got. And I want to say like episode three or four or two, maybe even. Holy shit, which one was that? Where the kids are playing around oh, on the they're boardwalk. frolicking on the boardwalk. And, and she's on the back of the bike, and she's covering Ryan's eyes. And Adam Brody is skateboarding. Sorry, I'm getting hiccups from this apple cider. It's sparkling. <laughs> Tis the season. I'm so fancy. Bitches. So, after our adorable musical montage... Ah, part of the musical montage, we see... Ryan is trying on an expensive watch mm-hmm. at a watch store, and Marissa's looking at it like a he watch looks, kiosk. Like he looks quite handsome. And that uh, that becomes important later. So they're walking through the mall, and she's like, "I really like it here." Even th- what does she say? She says something like, "Oh boy, it really seems like it feels like nothing can go wrong here." That can't be fixed by a new pair of shoes or a lipstick or yeah. something along those lines. She also says, um, it looks like maybe I can't afford this place anymore. She says, like, so he, he says something like, are you, are you going to get me a present or something? And she says, well, there's a dollar store down the road or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And she says, you know, I said I can't really afford this place anymore. And he's like, "Why do you? Why did you want to come here?" It, like, it's a real dumb person to be self conscious in front of about money, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a little tone deaf, but it is what it is. You know, yeah. there was a there was a lifestyle to which she was accustomed, yeah. and obviously that's changing now. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, Ryan could give two shits whether or not, but also. Again, she picked the wrong person to discuss this with. Yeah. Where is Summer? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boo, this show. It's all very mechanical. It's all very, oh, well, they need Summer to be this person now instead of the person that she was in, in, in episodes previous. Boo pitting women against each other. And also not having more than superficial relationships with each other this show. Yeah, I'm still a little upset that the friendship that Summer and Anna started just to get under Seth's skin. The whole union. Was so easily, was so easily forgotten. Yeah. I'm so upset by that because they actually seem to be getting along and enjoying one another's company. As much as we enjoyed the speech that Seth gave to dissolve... The union <laughs> didn't like the results. Yeah, no. We don't like the methods. It's fine. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, okay, they're at the mall and they're about to leave. They're walking to the car and let me also stay for the record that this would never happen No, in real life. No, there's many things that happen in this episode that would never happen in real life and she, this is one of them. She is an extremely pretty, cis, privileged, white teenager being followed by a security guard of color. <laughs> he doesn't even really look he's got like a big ass detective coat on. It's like <laughs> fucking Columbo is behind her. So yeah, she gets her she she puts her hand on the handle of the door 
And dramatically, a man out of, he just manifests out of nowhere. Like they were completely alone when they were walking to the car and she puts her hand on the, the car door handle and his hand comes out and grabs her wrist. He's like, I'm going to need you to step away from the car and show me your purse. I'm going to need you to open your purse, ma'am. And Ryan's like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, unhand me, you brute. You gad. You rest about <laughs> you gadfly <laughs> Ryan's like Marissa what's going on and she's there's a lot of face acting going yeah. on here there's a fair amount of face acting here I want I want everyone to hear this it's where you act with your face I'm gonna pour a little bit more of this Let's see if we can get some ASMR in here oh boy Mm-mm. 100% juice with other added ingredients. <laughs> That's literally what the fucking label says. <laughs> now, here's the thing I know about percentages. Kids, if there's another thing, then it's not 100% juice, is it? Kids, read your labels and don't go outside. The funniest juice I ever used to get. I'm sorry. This will be a short tangent. I promise. All right. It was great. I don't remember what brand it was. It's not important. It was like, and I swear to God, this is what it said. And I have friends from high school that can back me up on this. Um, uh, it was like, now with the flavors of strawberry, pineapple, and another fruit. <laughs> Like, what is that other fruit? You could have just said it. I believe looking at the ingredients, it was apple. And it was like, why don't you just say apple? Why did you have to be all weird on your label and say another fruit? <laughs> anyway, so this apple cider says 100% juice with other ingredients. Um, what are those other ingredients? Asorbic acid and carbon dioxide. Okay, then it's not 100% juice. You could say it's 99% juice, and that would be just fine because there's ascorbic acid sweetie, and carbon dioxide in there. I think what they mean when they say 100% juice, it just means that there's no sugar added to it. Though then they should just say that because they're lying. It's not 100% juice. <sighs> there's other things in it. Moving on. So Marissa hands over her purse. And Columbo pours it out on top of her car. She has, in fact, stolen a watch. The very watch that we saw from the adorable montage. A lipstick. And there was one other thing. Oh, shit. That was all of the things that were in the montage. She tried on the lipstick. She looked at the watch. I only saw the watch. I didn't even recognize. I thought those other things were just legitimately hers. No. No. Nope, nope. And again, we cannot emphasize hard enough that security in a mall would not be following a pretty white teenager. They would be looking for any person who was not white and calling the SWAT teams on them. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure that like mall security has almost nothing they can actually do besides just calling the police. Uh They can't touch you. That's highly. No. You can sue if they touch you. Like, you cannot be touched by mall security. Well, she's 17. What is she going to do? Know the law? No, she's not. (laughs) Anyway, it's just one of the many improbable things that happens in this episode. (sighs) 
thanks writers cut to commercial break right when she gets yep. when she gets found out yep so now we're back in the nook where Kirsten is wrapping some presents and trying to not be mad about the fact that she's taking the day off. Yep. Can't relate. <laughs> do you know what I do with my days off? I luxuriate in them. Yeah. I play the switch. Yeah. I read some books. Yep. I drink some coffee. I was just going to say, yeah. Sometimes I go outside. It's great. Yeah, but sometimes you just, you just, uh, lay in repose in your fancy pajamas. Right, being a fancy person. I'm a fancy ass person. That's what who want. has the day off. Yep. But while she is puttering around and wrapping things, she's like, "What ho? What and is this ho?" She comes across this document, and we don't know what it is yet. But she calls the who does she call the survey company, and she's like, "Hi." I'm a nepotism baby of Caleb Nichol. <laughs> we had a survey done. It was a ge- geograph- geologics? geologic survey. Yes. Yeah. She's like, can of you fax me a copy to my personal fax machine? This is the number. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> These other ingredients are going right to my head, Sarah. 100% juice. What else is in here? It's the bubbly. All right, so we're now dealing from the fallout of the security guard finding the shoplifted items. So this is where Jimmy Cooper is wearing the ugliest sweater I've ever seen in my life. It's like, it would look good if it were shrunken and on a dachshund. (laughs) It's a really good dachshund sweater. It is a gray Kind of gray blue. Shapeless yeah. turtleneck. Yep. Is it a mock turtleneck? It's a mock turtleneck. No, it's, it's a, a turtleneck. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like a closely fitted turtleneck. It's like a it's like a thick rolled collar. Like a almost like a cowl. Yeah. Neck, almost like a not- cowl neck, but not it doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be. And it looks terrible on him. But the sweater is not the important thing in this conversation. Well, Jimmy and Marissa are quote deciding on Marissa's puni- Marissa's punishment. Yeah. And then Julie, Julie storms in. Comes looking fancy flying as hell. through. Her hair looks, looks on point. Why as shit? Well, and obviously because she has a fancy event to get to. I mean, so does Jimmy ostensibly. She storms in there and she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> And quite understandably so. Because as we established in the last episode, anytime anything happens in this, the Newport Beach, someone will find out about it. Oh, yeah. And that someone is going to be Julie Cooper. And that someone is also maybe going to be Julie Cooper's Pilates yoga. Pilates. (laughs) Yoga Lotties. Yoga Lotties. Yoga Lotties instructor. Yes. (laughs) And that Yoga Lotties instructor is going to send a fax to everyone in the yoga lotties class saying did you hear about marissa, marissa cooper, cooper. <laughs> sticky fingers yeah so julie storms in and she's like what the fuck um and she's like it's my big day you're ruining it and jimmy is like um that's not actually yeah what like, this is about like, way to have your priorities straight honey 
Um, but whatever. Who expects more from from Julie Cooper? I sure fucking don't at this point. Like honestly, it doesn't even really fucking matter. We discuss um, again the fact that Marissa has not gone to therapy yet, and Julia's like, "Well, I found somebody for you, and you're going to see them tomorrow morning." Julie does make a few good points here. Yeah. And Jimmy actually, to his credit, agrees with her. Yeah. When she's like, you need to do therapy. And, you know, she's like, no, I don't. And Jimmy's like, eh, your mom's actually super on point with this one. Yeah, uh, therapy yeah. would be good. Marissa says, I have everything under control or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And baby girl. No. 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 Classic language from somebody who has nothing under control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and needs therapy. Yeah. And it's interesting because, well, okay. So th- my... My perception of this may be colored by the fact that I really love therapy and it's been extremely transformative and positive for me, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, the characters in this episode are treating therapy very casually as though it has a really negative social stigma attached to it. I do think we have to contextualize it for the era mm-hmm. also. I don't mm-hmm. think that therapy was something that was accessible or normalized for everyone in the oh god the turn of the century that was going to be my question is what (laughs) society's relationship with uh the taboo of you know seeking mental help i mean you said it yourself it was a taboo okay so was it yeah it was a taboo it was a punchline it was of sitcoms it was only for like quote-unquote crazy people right okay yeah okay because yeah we're getting major pushback from marissa uh, extreme tangent wasn't fraser on kind of in the late 90s early 2000s that i'll look it up okay talk amongst yourself (laughs) because when did fraser air (laughs) The air date of the first episode of Frasier was September 16th, 1993. Ten years before this airs. But that, what I'm getting at is, okay, the late 90s, mid 90s, and early 2000s kind of blurred together for me. But it was in that 10 year period, every time someone called into Frasier's call-in psychiatry show, it was the punchline. Mm-hmm. They were weird and crazy and yep. haha, who would yep. seek mental help yep. Yep. from... Yep. 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 Someone, etc. Yeah. So I don't think that. So Julie's like, you're grounded. Yep. Uh, you don't have any allowance. Uh, this, that, and the other. This is your punishment. And Marissa's like, oh, cool. So I don't have to go to the stupid fucking party. And she's like, it starts, it starts tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, at this point, and, uh, riddle me this, Sarah. Yes. Julie Cooper knows that her daughter can be a little dramatic, uh-huh. right? They share that in common, like mother, like daughter. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know as Julie Cooper and having the lived experience that you have and an understanding of the relationship that you have with your daughter, what, let me ask you this, what happened at the last big party that you and your daughter were together at. She... She made a big speech and exposed the relationship between Julie and Caleb. However, I don't think that ever crosses Julie's mind. I think that Julie is about superficial appearances. 
And if people are warm bodies breathing together in proximity that have the same last name, then it's a good showing at the Christmas, the holiday, the Santa, whatever. See, but like, what is her end game? Because in what world is forcing Marissa Cooper to do something she doesn't want to do? In what world does that turn out well, historically? in Julie Cooper's lived experience, I think at least the, since Riot Atwood has been in the picture. Okay, but what this really speaks to is Julie's lack of understanding of her daughter and willingness to mm-hmm. understand her daughter. I guess that's fair. As far as she's concerned, she lives with Jimmy and is a dramatic mess with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. But regardless of whether she does or does not make big speeches at parties, mm-hmm. she still has to show up. All right. And part of me just thinks it's it's merely for the sake of convenience for the plot to move also the drama that, forward. Also that, but also Julie is a messy bitch who loves drama. <laughs> we know this very to be true. <laughs> That's true. About one Julie Cooper. But not with her own family. She hates drama with her own family. And she has been desperately trying to cobble together their reputation in their social circles. But, mm, no, okay, she has a renewed sense of power because she has rekindled this relationship with Caleb Nickel, mm-hmm. who is the most powerfulest daddyist. <laughs> he's peak daddy. He's on the block. <laughs> so, truly, I, I do, I think we are on to something here. And when I say, I think she kind of doesn't give a fuck. All right. About what happens with her daughter. Okay. Because also, you remember at the party, she's like, now is the time where you talk to Caleb. Oh, So she's yeah. looking for a public way yeah, to make yeah, yeah, nice yeah, yeah. with yeah. the two of them and okay. be like, we are a united front That's, at Christmas yep. time. Yep. That tidbit, which, which had escaped me, that makes her whole character choice much more consistent for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for remembering that mm-hmm. and reminding me of it. So she makes it plain and clear. You're going to you're gonna wear the Chanel. You're going to show up at this fucking party. And you're going to good gonna be good (laughs) you're gonna be a good pretty girl yep and everything will be grand and glorious and wonderful but it won't actually (laughs) so there's a conversation between ryan and seth about the shoplifting and what happened yeah ryan really confides so in earlier episodes ryan is very tight-lipped about the things that are happening to him Uh uh-huh and whereas Marissa has lost Summer as a confidant and close friend. Ryan really has gained Seth. Maybe that's why we like Seth, like, tangentially more. Because Ryan is opening up to him more? Yeah. And we sort of, we... We are Ryan. As the audience, yeah, we way associate more with with Ryan. <laughs> we, we connect more with Ryan. We have more wrist cuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and I alone. The number of wrist cuffs that we've gotten while watching this show is just, just astronomical. Etsy has so much money. Okay. <laughs> because of us. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing at least three or four of the chokers that I've bought right now. Right now. I, it's, it's making it difficult for me to speak, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to get puka shells next. <laughs> I don't give a damn. Try and stop me. You look wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Right? Okay, so Ryan is... Ryan confides everything that happens to him in this episode he tells Seth about. Yeah. 
So he's like, yep. Marissa Dunn stole some merchandise. And I believe this is also the part where he, um, Seth shows him the presence that came from his mother and his, <laughs> his brother, brother. Which, again, <laughs> hi, Kathy. <laughs> Kathy, can you send beautifully wrapped Christmas <laughs> presents? That coordinate, that's ha- so happened to coordinate with the present that your mother sent from outside of prison. From inside from prison. From inside prison. We're going to guess that, gonna, you, that you can't. Also, why was that introduced? <laughs> yeah, did he even open there them? Was, he didn't open he them. Never he never even opened them. No one opens a goddamn prison in this thing. They don't. They all, you know, I mean, well, we know functionally why, because there ain't nothing in those fucking prisons. <laughs> <laughs> they are props. They are empty boxes. Or but, they're like some piece of shit that they found on the lot that they wrapped up. Unless they're going to bring either of these characters back again. Mm-hmm. And they seem to have run their course. Yep. Asterix, asterix for people yeah. who have seen the whole series. Um, Don't eyebrow at me. No, no, no. I, yeah, I'm on the same page. Why, why even bother? I mean, I guess... Yeah, so uh, from my perspective, it's I weird. don't know if they're it's coming back. It's a weird choice. I don't know if they're going to bring the mother back. I don't know if they're going to bring the brother back. You know, I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't do this for no reason. Right? Are they doing it to show that Ryan has some external, non-Cohen-related family presence? Also, what would you send as a present from prison? Well, that's the other thing, is, like, what can he get his hands on? They're not really supposed to... Like, you can get things from commissary, so what's he gonna fucking do? Is he gonna send him some overpriced fucking terrible food? We're about to expose our deep ignorance about what is in the carceral system. Well, no, I mean, like, I know actually a fair amount because of iWalk, so, like, what the... There's very fucking little that he can actually get his hands on that wouldn't be considered contraband. (gasps) Maybe he's mailing back the comic that Seth gave. (laughs) (laughs) This is bullshit, I hate it. It's canon. It's canon. That's what he mailed. (laughs) What the fuck was the comic? I don't remember. I don't Punisher? Remember. No, I just I think so, everything yeah, is Punisher. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But that's what it is. Oh my god. All right. So, are we? Is this? Well, yeah. Go for it. Sandy comes home to get ready for the party, <gasps> and yeah, Sandy's and like, like, "Good news." <laughs> I was going to attempt your version. Oh please, of, please, 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 please. I don't know if I can. I'm gonna. It's going to get to the right... Okay, Do it. To you. Good news! (laughs) You're so close! Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going! Good news, baby! I'm so proud of you. Keep going. I can't. You can do it, you can do it. This is going to be 45 minutes longer. You can do it, you can do it. Don't get too close to the bike. There you go. Good news, Kirsten! (laughs) My lady love! (laughs) What? He's saddled. He's saddled. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Peter Gallagher. He's, he's at us. Peter Gallagher, we're so sorry. 
and current and future transgressions in the name of Peter Gallagher. We are sorry. Amen. Um, He's taking off his tie. He's like, honey, you won't believe the good news. He settled for 250000 So I, again, I don't know if he was going up or down. I he was don't with, know. The, the original offer went in the earlier scene was 200000 200, Who is buying it from whom? Someone. For, from someone else. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, I understand. I understand what that there's a conflict because Kirsten discovers it and it's kind of explained. Chicago friends, you saw this episode. Hit us up in the DMs. Yeah, you do taxes. How <laughs> the fuck is any of this supposed to actually work? Watch up. You Oh, you watched this episode. Okay. <laughs> Tell us what the fuck. Okay. So he's like, it's great news. They settled. And his eyebrows wiggle. Bow, bow, bow. And this this is when we learn. No, it's not even when we it's learn. It's not even when we fucking learn. She's like, I have this. Kirsten is She's like. drinking wine. Champagne. Sorry. Yes. Oh, she would never drink anything that was not champagne out of a champagne flute. No, you don't fucking do that. No, Kirsten, Kirsten is not. Kirsten Cohen is not going to do that. She's a classy fucking bitch. She's a classy broad even. Yes. She's a dame. So this paper that she got faxed over, she hands it kind of wordlessly over to Yeah. Uh Well, what does she Sandy. say? Sandy. She says there's something that she's like I found something today and I don't know if I have to share. So like she's what does she say? She's like She's like I feel like I have to share it with you, but I also absolutely should not share it. Yeah, with she's you. like I don't think I can share it with you, but I think I have to. Yes. Yeah. She's like, showing this to you could get me fired immediately. Yes. And then she, like, slides it over, like, the classic kind mm-hmm. of, like, this is my offer. No, this is my offer. But right. it's a secret piece of paper. Right. And we are so in the weeds about this whole transaction that we're like, this is just, like, the brown fox jumped over. That's what it says <laughs> typed on the piece of paper. That's basically may as well be what the fuck it yeah. is. It's a complete MacGuffin to us, to us at this point. But then Sandy picks that up and he reads it. And he's like, this changes everything. <laughs> what? Why this? And his eyebrows go. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> also, the eyebrows at the base of his cock do that. Yeah! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We have a good time at Christmas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. So now both of Seth's women's yep. have decided to surprise him. Yep. Anna comes first. She's like, hi, Cohen. I'm here so you can take me to the pool. mistletoe. She's oh, yeah. got mistletoe in her hand. And she sneaks a little smooch on his cheek, and she looks adorable. Except her hair—they're like—it's got so much product in it; uh it doesn't move a centimeter. I think they were going for like a glitter kind of. Yeah, it's covered in glitter, which is cute, but like it is sprayed within an inch of its fucking life. It's got it's that it's fucking concrete. It was hard times for everybody in the aughts, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's like don't get me wrong, it's super cute. Yep. But also it's like you could cut yourself on her hair. And she's got like a cute little like ornament on it. 
Whatever. She's girl. got Holly pinned into her. Yeah, hair. there you go. Excellent. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that you noticed. And I, yeah, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I saw it was a cute detail. Her whole fit is adorable. And Seth is like, I thought I was told you that we were going to meet at the party. And he's trying to like figure this out with her. And she's like, well, Summer will never know. And then guess who Ding shows dong. up fucking the and second she goes, after. Oh, Anna's here. <laughs> Summer has shown up with the exact same idea, listener. Also looking pretty cute. Seth is in a pickle. He's got himself into a little bit of a pickle. She's wearing... Summer is wearing a strapless mm-hmm. black dress yep. and a tiara. Yep. And at first you're like, what the fuck are you... Why do you wear a tiara? What's Summer. up with the tiara, bitch? But we learn... We will learn later why the tiara. Uh, uh, yeah, none of us will be happy about it. But anyway, so uh, they were like, yeah, Summer's like, you're cheating, Anna. And she's like, oh, so are you. <laughs> I don't know why she became why a puppet. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They can't all be winners. It's fine. And Seth's like, well, let's just go. <laughs> so there's a scene where Seth is literally sitting between the two of them on the couch mm. and they're like checking their watches and making a whole thing. And I believe at one point Sandy shows up and goes, this is going to be one hell of a party. Yes, it's great. Sandy and Kirsten walk in. And Kirsten's like, hi, Summer. And Anna. Yeah. And because uh, Sandy has decided... Oh, yeah. When Kirsten reveals the document to Sandy, he's like, do you still want to go to the party? And she takes a big swig of her champagne and says something like... Fuck yes. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, fuck yes. So like, he's going is- to confront... Caleb at the party and he knows that so he sees Seth has the two girls yeah he says like this is gonna be some fucking party but I do want to do a quick aside that Caleb and Kirsten absolutely have not hashed out any of their issues Mm -mm. that have arisen in the past three episodes so Kirsten is 100% justified in wanting to just go scorched earth And oh, of course. Show up at the party and be like, stop talking to me. Yeah. I cannot tell you any other way yeah. that I want you out of my life. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that she necessarily does want that. Uh, she said like two episodes ago, we're done. Oh, oh, the other thing is, the other thing was, that's right. She's she's pretty convinced that he's going to fire her once he figures out what happened. Yeah. So she's I think like, she wants to be fired. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to have a lot of free time on my hands. <laughs> yeah, because she's convinced she's going to get shit canned. And like she said, he would have every right because it's potentially like breaking whatever non-disclosure agreement or something that she must surely have, re- have signed <laughs> to work for the Caleb Nickel firm. So now... Very firm. The firm. The Caleb Nickel. Are we just... The Caleb Nickel firm. Uh, it's so. It's very firm. Firm. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> you ruined Christmaka. <laughs> so we're on our way to the party. No, 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 So we cut to a scene where Ryan is helping Marissa yep. fix a necklace yep. to her neck. The back of her neck, his favorite place. Back of his. He's a sucker for a neck, man. He let, ditto. I understand. Je comprends. Uh, Ryan's like, hey, have you actually, like, considered maybe 
doing therapy? Really doing therapy? And she's like, fuck you! She's like, I don't need fucking therapy, you little bitch! <laughs> she says, I'm the only normal one in this family, which while it might be true, we haven't gotten to the, uh, is Caitlin alive <laughs> count. <laughs> So by default, an absence, Caitlin is the most normal one yes. in this family, yeah. and Marissa is therefore emphatically wrong. Yes. But between the th- among the three of them, mm-hmm. she might be the most normal one. And that is saying something bad, which is... <laughs> no, it's neutral. Whatever. Normality everyone doesn't needs exist. therapy. Let's is, not pretend that normality right. is a thing that anyone should actually, you know... Uh, attempt to attain even if it did exist which it all certainly doesn't so then she's like hey ryan can you go upstairs and get my rap which is which also is conveniently absent the rest of the show she yep. is not wearing a rap at the party no she is not maybe oh, it was actually hip-hop bars that she had written <laughs> it was r-a-p not w-r-a-p she's like honey could you run upstairs and get my thick bars my 16 bars that i wrote my name is Marissa, and I'm here to say <laughs> I love vodka and getting into car accidents <laughs> in a major way. <laughs> that is the Marissa rap. Word to your mother. Okay, but here's another weird fucking inconsistency. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So while Ryan is upstairs, upstairs where also? <laughs> Since when is there an upstairs in this apartment? Oh, <laughs> Yeah! Is it on the, like, chair balcony? (laughs) Where is it? Anyway, that aside... I didn't even think of that. That aside, Jimmy seems a little concerned about his daughter's antics, correct? Yes, yes, he does. Why would he have an unlocked, just, drawer of alcohol... Right, ...that was easily accessible... Right, with a flask of vodka... That's With a literal fucking flask of vodka. Baby, that's not a flask. No. That's a fifth. Oh. That's just how some alcohol is sold oh. in liquor stores. Okay. And that they didn't get an absolute sponsorship, but they very much wanted to be absolute vodka in this scene. So yeah. she pulls out a tell? flask. Yes, you can tell. She pulls out a flask of vodka from the unlocked drawer. Yep. Thanks, parent. Tosses it into her purse. Into her purse, which is conveniently fifth of vodka size. It's like a perfect, like the purse is shaped like a fifth of vodka i'm surprised she doesn't like flip open the purse and show the label to the camera dolce and gabbana where you can put your fifth of vodka in dolce and gabbana more like do more like dolce vodka bottle well more like dolce and super racist and transphobic people but that's a different podcast oh, okay i don't know anything about they're that. a very bad label don't buy anything okay. from them uh, anyway, yeah, she stores away the vodka in her perfectly vodka-shaped purse, and they head out. What Also, what kind of asshole puts vodka in a drawer and not in the freezer, and what kind of asshole drinks warm vodka? 17-year-olds. That's who. And Jimmy Cooper. And Jimmy him. Cooper. Wearing the world's ugliest sweater with his shitty haircut. When he's on his dates with the non-existent Rachel, who is written out of this episode. Yeah, they mention her by name. And they're like... Once. Like, she's out of town for the holidays or whatever. Well, it's like you said. She's played her role. Yeah. She she bleeded her one note. She has no other notes to sing. 
Right. Will she have a function later on in this show? Who knows? Who can say? Yeah. Has yet to be seen. So, Jamie, bad parenting. Yes. Dislike. Yeah. So now we're at the party and they show everybody like kind of mingling and walking up the stairs and coming down the stairs into this party. And there's a Santa Claus. This is a note. This is a note that we failed to mention. Um, Julie in this episode desperately seeks the approval of Kirsten on multiple occasions. Uh There's a scene earlier where she's setting up the Christmas tree uh, and it's an enormous fucking, it's like an embarrassingly huge The scene where they introduce a Christmas tree, they're they're filming from the top of the tree. Yeah, there's a crane shot. Seeing Kirsten walk into the frame and stand next to Julie, who was supervising the enormous goddamn Christmas tree. Um, and Kirsten's like, our mom used to put the tree on the inside of the house. Hey, there's no way this tree would fit inside of a building. It's a full-sized fucking fir tree. Um, but then Julie's like, well, sorry you know, to fir trees. Didn't want to, you know, remind your dad too much of your mom or something like that. I mean, I think it's a valid point. Like, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, I have been both the Marissa and the Ryan mm-hmm. in your Christmas slash Christmical life. Yep. And there is something to be said for creating new traditions. Yep. But this is also thinking way and too much about this recontextualizing current traditions. Yeah. But the point I wanted to make is this is an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing that I found in the Kirsten-Julie dynamic. Yeah. In the last episode, I think their friendship... Wait, what was the episode where Kirsten gives Julie advice on how to deal with her dad? Last episode. That was last episode? Yep. I think that, to some extent... Sorry they didn't put it in the previously on. Um, I have a very short memory. <laughs> it was two weeks ago. Anyway, um, I think that it, it's interesting to me that Julie seems to actually be interested in Kirsten as... An influence on her life. Does that make sense? Because I do think she's genuinely, she genuinely wants Kirsten to like what she's doing. Because she's going to be her stepmom. Mm-hmm. You think that's why? I think it's more of a friendship thing. I mean, it's weird and gross, but... <laughs> there is stepmom potential. Anyway, I think it's more of like a, you know, I consider you my friend and I want your honest opinion on these things anyway yeah. so i just found that striking like julie isn't just a foil against marissa in this episode she does have her own pieces of character development which i found interesting anyway sorry so we're at the party yep um seth and uh, seth walks in with the two girls on his arms first uh sandy and kirsten enter you show them entering and they kind of disperse into the party and behind them on their heels is Seth and Anna and Summer. Yeah. And Seth's like, I'm going to go find Ryan immediately and just book. Well, so what actually happens? Um, they enter. Um, Anna's like, I'm going to go over there. And Summer's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to go over there. <laughs> yeah. And that's when Seth is like, well, I'm going to go find Ryan. <laughs> And then the girls angrily stare at each other uh-huh. and walk off in opposite directions. <laughs> and it's like, wow, guys, you should be really ashamed of yourselves. Doing this over Seth Cohen. Yes. Barf. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting party. 
and Sandy decides that this is the time after a conference with Kirsten. He says, I'm going to nail him. <laughs> it's literally what he says. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to nail him. Because we have the mysterious facts in hand because you never show up to a party without a mysterious facts. It's like rule number one of parties. You are undercutting my point by ASMRing Sorry. Evan. This delicious other ingredients. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. So we finally learned that it was a geological survey. And the results of the geological survey can be confined to one convenient page. <laughs> Like, I assume they use, like, eight-point type single space. <laughs> no, no, no. 18-point uh, double space courier new. Uh, just big, bold font that says, that says, uh, bad. <laughs> this ain't gonna work. Uh, this isn't good. The whole thing is geologically unstable yep. and would never get built in California What yep. with the earthquakes and whatnot. He was never going to be able to get a permit anyway, so it was a scheme on the part of Caleb Nickel to defraud the Gover- land trust. Yes. The land trust. Yes. Yeah. So Sandy is like, bitch, I will give you a dollar for this and you will like it. And Caleb is a little turned on, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. And this is where we also get the scene where Julie is trying to get Marissa right. to talk he's, to Caleb. He's pissed, but he's also like, in his eye, his voice says, you know, God damn it, Cohen, or whatever, right? Uh, but his eyes are like, well played. His eyes are like, ooh-woo, <laughs> Cohen. <laughs> And Julie, Julie is trying to get Marissa to talk to Caleb and Julie's yeah. or Marissa's like, well, he was talking to other people and Julie's like, well, you can talk to him now. And Marissa's like, I don't want to mom. And she goes to the bathroom. Is this where Ryan makes the face? Where he's yes. in between the two of them yes. doing the thing. Yes. <laughs> he has this great face and we both laugh. <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's perfect. Um, what's his name? Michael da- Dagwitz. Keegan. <laughs> ben McKenzie? Ben McKenzie. He makes this great face. He does really good face. Michael Dagwitz? Dagwitz. 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 <laughs> Michael Dagwitz, don't add us. Ben McKenzie, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Don't apologize to Michael Dagwitz. He doesn't deserve it. He's done nothing to deserve your apology. Um, Yeah, Ryan's facial expressions are fantastic. Yeah. Um, And this is when we jump to Anna tracking down well, Seth. really quick. Go ahead. Sorry, just, uh, I think it's worth noting um, because Julie and Ryan, uh, you know, historically, obviously, they're not the best of friends, right? They don't really see eye to eye. Their yep. experiences really don't match up. Uh, when when Marissa storms off, she's like, you can't make me do anything, man! She storms off. Um, Julie is left with Ryan for a moment, and uh, Julie's like, I hate the holidays. Ryan's like, right there with you. (laughs) And it's a nice little moment. I like to see them getting along. So this is when Anna tracks down Seth 
and they're sitting by the pool. I believe this shot is an homage to possibly 16 Candles. Yeah. Where they're kind of, or one of the 80s movies. I can't say for sure. There's been multiple occasions now in this show where boy girl, boy girl combinations sit beside pools. Yes. So they can be sort of underlit by the pool lighting. We love a pool lighting. We love an under lighting. So Anna gives Seth his Christmaka present, which is a fucking hand drawn comic. Yep. About Seth and The Adventures of Seth Cohen and Captain Oates is the full title. And as astute listeners will recall, Seth has a fucking plastic <laughs> horse in his fucking room. And will we assume someday have sex? <laughs> with the horse? Not with the horse. I was going to say, that horse has been up his butt. Someone is, will, there's no way it hasn't. <laughs> That horse has fully been up his butt. Someone that's it's too many pointy edges to be up the butt. It's, it's <laughs> you've never been a high school boy. <sighs> All right, that's a <laughs> Patreon bonus episode. <laughs> anyway, it's an incredible fucking gift. Mm, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's adorable. And instead of like connecting with Anna as a person who just gave him this gift. This this incredible gift. He decides to take this opportunity to kind of let his gaze wander around the party and then connect with Summer across across the pool. pool, Who Who is is staring at them. Just daggers. Just staring at them. Like, Seth. Seth, my guy. My guy. Be present. Be present with your lady. Look at the comic. Right. He looks at the comic and he's like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then immediately looks for Summer. Yeah. It's like he's looking for her. Yeah. No, it is. It totally is. It makes me hate him. Uh. <laughs> Fair. I yes. don't remember what happens after that. Um, What happens after that is Jimmy and Kirsten are slow dancing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And having a talk about how weird and hard it is to parent teenagers. Yeah. And I guess we're fully past the Sandy, Kirsten, Jimmy storyline. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Sandy doesn't care, probably doesn't care. We assume he doesn't care because he's this isn't brought up. No, he's not going to care. But right, it's a fun moment because Jimmy is asking questions like, when we were kids, we did stupid shit, right? Yeah. You know, and this is his roundabout way. I don't think he has come out into. He, no, he has no, not. No told. one knows that Marissa stole something right. um, from the mall. But yeah, this is his way of being like, I shouldn't be overly worried about this kind of behavior from a teen. Right. right. And Kirsten says something like, oh, my God, if they were doing the things that we were doing. What it, what does she say? She's like, they'd be in prison or something like it was, that. It was something along those lines. Just we did a bunch of shit when we were, we were young. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, we've got good kids. And that immediately transitions to Marissa <laughs> yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. It hard cuts to Marissa <laughs> in the bathroom. Taking the full fifth of vodka from her purse yeah. and doctoring her fancy coke in the fancy glass yep with it yep. to the point where the liquid in the actual this isn't a we're carrying coffee around new york city and there's clearly no coffee in the cup scene there is a liquid in there mm-hmm. and it changes color mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then she chugs it and she's like, yeah. Yeah. And she like, you can tell at first she's like, oh, it tastes so bad. But then it's not for the, it's, she's not doing it for fun. She's doing it to get plastered. Yep. Yeah. And you know, like whatever, totally consistent with her character. And she's like, I'm a troubled teen. So then do, does she find Ryan immediately afterwards? Nope, because then Summer does. Yeah. God, Summer, they did you so dirty in this episode they and really, forever. really did. They really, really did. So Summer is like, Colin, you gotta come with me for a present. So she pulls him into a dark room, a dark bedroom. Which... It's very curious about how she knows where the dark bedrooms are. It's Caleb Nichols' home. There's probably 15 bedrooms in it. Okay, but also, she, we're going to canonically say that because Caleb Nichols has not been connected, 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 connected. Conniption? To Marissa. Schenectady? Until, like, the last two episodes. She doesn't know what the fuck his house looks like. Does she have the schematics? Does she have the blueprints? <laughs> she comes prepared. She, <laughs> she went to the library. She got the original documents. The- Did she go through the microfiche? Yes! She was going through the microfiche <laughs> like a fucking James Bond fucking spy. She knows where everything is. She knows where the choke points are. She knows where the egresses are. Yeah, she is prepped. All right. So she pulls him into this bedroom, shoves him onto the bed. It's dark, turns on the lights. Yep. So we know nothing overtly raunchy is going to happen because she turns on the lights. And she's like, Cohen, I heard you like comics. And he's like, uh, uh, yes, that is a thing that is true about me, uh, Seth Cohen. <laughs> and she proceeds to unzip the side zip of her. And this is when you as a viewer connect Oh fucking Jesus. They put her in a Wonder Woman fucking yep. outfit. Yep. And it's a very good Wonder Woman outfit. It is. But we are led to believe that this person in this universe is like 16 years old. Yep. Evan, if you were 16 years old, you dated someone when you were 16, correct? Uh, like airports. How old are you when you're a sophomore? Well, that's uh, sophomore is 16, 15. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Technically, I was dating. Do you think any, and this is maybe an unfair question to ask because I'm asking you to put yourself in the brain of a 15 year old girl. Sure. 15 year old girls at us. <laughs> Please. In the DMs. We desperately need some kind of interaction on this thing. Hit us on Mastodon. <laughs> Would you, do you think if a 16 year old girl would have had the wherewithal, we're not going to even talk about the budget because these people have unlimited goddamn budgets. Sure. Yeah. Would you have been like, this dude likes comics? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm muddying the question here. Do you think there is a 15 or 16 year old girl on earth mm-hmm. who would have mm-hmm. dressed up as literal Wonder Woman under her dress. I'm going to say yeah. I actually am going to say yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. Who the fuck did you know when you were 16 who would have done that? <laughs> I knew I knew theater kids, you know? Um and honestly now in from the lens of 2022, even more so it's likely because of the the success of cosplay. 
Um, probably less likely in 2003. But I, I don't even know about that. But according to Seth's lie, Summer went to Comic-Con with them. Yeah? Yeah. I don't remember that. When they went to Tijuana, he was like, we're all going to Comic-Con. I don't remember that. Oh, my God. I believe you. I believe you. Oh, my God. Much better memory for these things than I have. Everyone knows it. So, yes. Okay. Let's get back to the action Which is saying something because I have a terrible memory. So, she unzips the thing. It's a great Wonder Woman costume. And now her hair makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's perfect Linda Carter. Like, honestly, it's She's got the fucking lariat. She, like, lashes him in one fucking try. And pulls him over. And, yeah. I mean, he's essentially rock hard he's yep. absolutely turgid and she's like feeling against his seth cohen-ness and she's like what's this and she pulls out <laughs> honestly okay can i be a gross old horrible person oh uh, i don't know can you <laughs> well she pulls him really close and she's like what's this and i'm like we are absolutely not going to draw attention to his heart on right like that is not that is not happening in this television show. But that was the joke for the adults in the room. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. So then she pulls out the comic book. Yep. She pulls out the comic book. And he's like, oh, that's Anna's present. For, uh, for It's to be from Anna. And it just, it just. <sighs> I hate this part of the episode because it diminishes both of these women and it makes them both insecure in areas like respective areas where they didn't need to be insecure but it's the place where it hurts both of them the most anna doesn't think she's hot Anna's like looking at summer and is like oh my god you look amazing you look like wonder woman i drew a stupid comic book in my five and summer is like oh my god you drew an incredible comic book i'm dressed like a whore yeah which i think is what she That's says what she says yeah yeah and i just but at least that's when both of them realize we have to stop this. They're like, we have to stop this and you have to fucking choose Seth Cohen. Yep. You have to choose Seth Cohen. Spoiler. Even they turn off the lights on him. Spoiler. Spoiler. We're giving the listener a spoiler. If you don't want a spoiler, skip like, I don't know, 30 minutes ahead. Cause this is going <laughs> to go on until the turn of the next century. He does not choose. Yeah. No, no, but he gets his comeuppance. I don't even know that he deserves Ish. the comeuppance. I don't even know. <laughs> Here's the thing. He comeuppances himself. <laughs> like, for real. He's his own worst enemy. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. They leave him in the dark. This, okay, so that, yes. So now, Marissa, now Marissa is turnt. Stumbles into Ryan and is like, let's fucking dance, baby! She's like, smoochy, smoochy, smoochin'. She's so, like, really getting Santa in there. Baby or some shit. She's like, no, it was actually Santa Baby was when Summer was stripping for Seth. Um, yeah, no, it's not great. But anyway, um, Marissa's like smoochy, smoochy, smooching. She's like smooching hard. And Ryan's like, what does Ryan say? Oh, he's like, oh, that's not eggnog, is it? He's like, I didn't notice you. I didn't see you get a cocktail. When did you get one? And she's like, fuck you. And she leaves. You're not the boss of me, fucker. Was essentially what she says. And she is hopping into the Jeep after the commercial. Well, she makes a little bit of a scene. She's yeah. like, everyone needs to stop fucking telling me what to do. And the crowd is kind of like, oh. 
And yep. then she, yeah, then she leaves and she gets into the Jeep. Oh, yeah, because Ryan, like, grabs her arm or something and she's mm-hmm. like, don't touch me! Yeah. You don't need to stop telling me what to do! Also, just, like, there's so many liability issues surrounding the what happens next. Yes. She storms off to get the keys to her Jeep. Yep. Which is not a Range Rover, as I understand. <laughs> Evan is a Jeep or Range Rover. Let's find out. Listeners hit us up in the car. <laughs> is a Jeep or Range Rover? Here's what I found. Oh, Range Rover versus Jeep. They are not the same thing. All right. So we know nothing terribly bad is going to happen because it's not <laughs> a Range Rover. A Range Rover. Uh, Ryan like sprints after her and is like, "You're not fucking driving this car." Right, he jumps in front he of the car. He so heaves his can't. person in front of the car. She slams on the brakes so she doesn't kill him, and she's and like, then, she's like making like faces at him, like, like, what do you expect me to do? Yep. And then she puts the car in reverse. She sure do. Which she hits another car. She sure do. But also, like, what? I don't want to put the responsibility on the valet here. Mm -hmm. But Humpst looks at someone who weighs 60 pounds soaking wet. Right. Is clearly blitzed out of their mind. Yeah. And is like, and that's a genuine question. Yeah. Like, does this stuff just sort of get swept under the rug at parties? Oh my God. Is there an OC succession crossover? (gasps) Jump in the DMs. That's orange you won. (laughs) Underscore Twitter. There is no underscore. Dot. (laughs) EDU. Dot EDU. This joke will never stop being funny to it's, me. Yeah, it's never. Good, no one is ever going to interact with our Twitter. It's, it's fine. Good. It's totally fine. It's it doesn't totally deserve fun. to be in. No one should be on that shit platform anyway. Get off of Twitter if you're on Twitter. It's not worth it. It's not good for your life or your <laughs> or your mental health. Log off. Everybody log off. So Organize she, your workplace. So she fucking puts the car in reverse and clearly, obviously, hits another car yep. in the effort and breaks the taillight and breaks the taillight and this is what convinces her to let Ryan drive her home she's like Ugh. and then this is the part where I thought we jump back to um, the party this is the part where I thought oh my god someone is gonna get pushed into this pool <laughs> And it's such it's such a strange scene because they're making this speech without any microphones, Sandy and Caleb. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, right? Yep. And they're putting like this vast dramatic essence into the speech, uh-huh. and they are like five. They're like a football field away from the other side of the pool. Yep. All these people are standing at rapt attention, yeah. listening to saying... There's no way they could hear them. No. No. Listening they're to not ca- projecting. No. They're talking at like a normal volume. Yep. Yeah. And Sandy is like, Caleb is such a good guy that he's going to wetlands for a dollar. <laughs> Right? And he's like, everybody, let's hear it for Caleb Nickel. What does he say? Uh, the most generous guy in Newport. 
and everybody applauds and Caleb has his little moment. And he makes it look like it was Caleb's idea, like a hundred percent. And then the when the attention <laughs> is turned off of them, Caleb gives the dollar back to Sandy and says, Happy Hanukkah, Sanford, or some shit like that. And he Sandy calls him Sanford at least once in this episode. Sandy looks so fucking happy. But also, Happy Hanukkah was absolutely meant as a slur. Oh, I mean obviously. Like, it's Caleb Nickel. Yeah. Caleb Nickel hates the Jews. We want to reemphasize that Caleb Nickel was at January 6th. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it was. Yeah. So, because Marissa has object permanence and continuity permanence, she is in the Jeep with Ryan trying to get the top off of the remainder of her vodka. Yep. She's in the passenger seat, thank she's God. She's in the passenger seat. I she mean, takes the top off and it kind of fumbles. It, it, it falls onto the ground. To be fair, very drunk people do not have continuity permanence. I don't, why I'm project- don't know why I'm projecting this onto a 17-year-old. Um, Ryan is like, he says something like, can't you stop or something like that? Yep. He's like, you're already drunk. And she's like, I'm not drunk. She's obviously drunk. And she's like, I'm not driving. As she, you know, waves the bottle around. And then she drops the cap. And she's like fumbling around for it. And that is when the lights go. Because of fucking course. (laughs) And it's great. It's great because Ryan is like, Ryan, even at this point, what does he say? He's like, of course this is happening. (laughs) It's like, even Ryan finally, I think, is coming to the realization that he's the main character in in this fucking show and that, of course, this was going to happen to him. But also, this is in a way where he's not experiencing the main charactership of the show. This is bringing up all of Ryan's past trauma. Yeah. If 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 we you and I were in a even remotely similar situation very early in our dating and I was like we mm-hmm. you would have broken up with me and you would have been justified in doing we so. We forgot to mention uh in the very 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 first breakfast nook scene with the Coens and Ryan Breakfast nook where they're trying to get him on board with Chrismica um and they're like, come on, you don't have any good, you don't have any Atwood traditions that you love to do. And he's really, really hesitant. And they're like, come on, you must have, what was Christmas like for you? And finally he says, well, it was mostly my mom getting drunk and me getting the shit kicked out of me. Total buzzkill. <laughs> it really brings the mood down. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> read the room, Ryan. Anyway, so... It's important for context that we realize that because, okay, the cop comes up. uh, Oh, Marissa puts the open bottle of vodka kind of behind her leg. Yeah. Right. In the hopes that the cop won't see it. The cop comes up and he's like, hey, you realize you got a tail light out? Um, A cab, 100 percent. And Ryan's like, oh, yeah, it just happened. We're, uh, you know, we're going to go get it fixed. Um, The cop shines his light. Sorry. Yeah. Again, 100 percent. Not a thing that would happen. With a highway patrolman, the highway patrolman would not show any interest in the teenage girl sitting in the seat unless she was black. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so he shines a light on Marissa, who obviously looks sort of dazed and out of it. And he's like, you OK, ma'am? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, my God. You guys, I'm totally fine. I'm totally 
fucking fine officer mustache <laughs> is essentially what she says. Yes. And he's about to sort of like he's like flashing the light around her leg. He's region. like, ma'am, can you? And, and then, then he. Yep. It's a very long call. For you to be the cop. Officer responding? There what do you, you want me Thank to you. say? Yeah, I could have wait. Would have gone on forever. <laughs> I could have gone for a long. I'm sorry, I'm not good at improvising as a cop. It's yes and. I'm saying yes and. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We'll practice. Oh my god! So the cop conveniently gets pulled away just before I, me, watching the show, and I told you I was convinced. Okay, they've got an open container of fucking vodka in the car. They're going to get yep. arrested. This is going to be a whole fucking thing. Yep. Because it is very much like this show to go to 11, and they would fucking do that. Um, and I was partially expecting for him to see his fucking brother in this episode and be like, hey, I didn't open your gift, but I'm back here because I got arrested for driving a minor who was fucking trash. Because fuck you. With an open fucking vodka <laughs> bottle in a goddamn car. That does not happen. Um, what does happen is Ryan kind of hops out of the car, grabs the open vodka bottle where we still don't know where the cap is, yep. and just sort of heaves it toward the Pacific Ocean. You hear a smashing sound. Yep. And then he slams the passenger door like four times. Yep. And Marissa's like, you're scaring me. Yep. And he's like, you're scaring me. Yep. And he's sort of pouting and she comes out of the car and he says... Quite poignantly. I left this kind of thing behind and I am not doing it again. Yep. And bless him. Bless him. Set healthy boundaries and expect those boundaries to be respected. Yep. And Marissa looks very, very upset. Uh, she's understandably so. She's doing a really good job in this scene, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, what's, what's the name of the actor that's Marissa? Uh, Misha, Misha, Misha Barton. Barton does a <gasps> phenomenal job. You remembered me. Misha I'm Barton's name. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, she is a powerhouse in this episode. She does yeah. a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, of all of the, all of the emotional conflict that's going on, she does a great job of playing drunk, but not like she plays drunk in a really realistic way. Yeah, she doesn't like all the funny stuff that we're doing with like the slurring and everything. She doesn't do. No, she acts like a real drunk person. Acts just she's got more bravado. Yep, she's kind of got a shorter fuse. Uh, she yeah, whatever. She does an amazing job. So she holds Ryan's hand, and, and she's like, "I'm sorry. I promise." Yeah. So she's going to do the work. She's she's going to try and get better. So the next morning, we unfortunately get continued points <laughs> for Seth Cohen because Ryan continues to confide in his torso. <laughs> so it's the morning. Uh, Ryan is at the breakfast nook because it's the only place in this house that we're ever allowed to be. Yep. Uh, Seth comes in with his shirt, which is okay. It's a shirt that you wanted. It says ABC. Now start a band. Yep. It's the three chords that are the most common. I think you told me about like there's 
forty percent of songs can be constructed with this one chord. Oh, okay. I looked for that shirt for years. I think it was a Paul Frank shirt. Oh. This was in the decade when I did not have home internet access because I tempted and made 8.50 an hour yep. and got all my internet access at the library. Nice. So I could not spend my whole time on the library's computer <laughs> looking for this goddamn shirt. Yeah, yeah. So Seth comes in with his Paul Frank shirt and his Santa pants. Now start a band. And he's like, um, how was your night? And Ryan, again, confiding in his newfound friend. Um, it's like, well, Marissa got drunk and we got pulled over. <laughs> But thankfully, uh, nothing happened. And Seth's like, holy shit! It's a Christmas miracle is what he literally says. Yes! Right, because Ryan is like, Ryan says something along the lines of, it's, you know, par for the course for me and Christmas, or the holidays, and Seth is like, ah! But, and actually, Seth makes the point that really all of the people watching are like, holy shit, it is a miracle. Yeah. Because like I just said, we were all expecting him to get arrested. For sure. Because that is what normally would happen to a Ryan Atwood in the circumstance like that. So Seth, quite rightly, is like, this is a true Christmas miracle. It is a turning point for you, my friend. Right? You're, things are starting to look... Things are starting to look up for one Ryan Atwood. It's beginning to look alive. Like, like Christmas. Ryan Atwood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Ryan's like, what about you? And uh, Seth's like, well, my day was starting off pretty lousy, but just hearing that, recognizing the Chris Mica miracle, uh, has put a new spring in my step. I think things are going to be all right. And uh, they're not all right. Yeah, because his plan for the day is to have Summer and Anna over to give them their presents and to have a talk with them. So again, I'm going to let you take the lead on this because there are specific shots that are done by the camera people yeah that i don't have the language to talk about so we're doing it's a 360 around seth and the people with whom he is speaking okay um and they do the thing where you're not supposed to be able to tell who he is speaking to at various points whenever he says his line he is on camera so he presents his gift to Anna and as the camera is swirling around them uh, the changes from Anna to Summer, Anna to Summer, Anna to Summer um, and he is complimenting them you're obviously beautiful you're, wait what does he say for Summer? Just along the lines of you're hot as shit but what is he, it's even worse than that he says some stupid thing Caliente. Caliente. I believe he says you're muy caliente. Because Seth Cohen. Is that a allusion to the fact that she has a tan? I, who and knows? is a white lady? I don't even Does know. he think she is Hispanic? Does it matter? Uh, nothing matters. <laughs> we're, in, we're fully in the nihilism segment. <laughs> of Orange, you glad we watched the OC? Nihilism count starts now. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> ah! Anyway, uh, so he's complimenting them. You know, you're funny, you're smart, you're witty, you're brilliant, you're wise, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he's got his little gift packages. The girls are dressed adorably. Um, you need more little neck scarves. And it has the like, little neck scarf on and a hat. You've got such a good head for hats. 
And I think you would look really cute with more hats and a cute little neck scarf. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. I will drink fifths of vodka. Please don't. At the Christmas party. Please please don't. (laughs) I just think you would look really cute. Anyway, um... And it, I have weird self-consciousness about my neck, but that's okay. neither here nor well, there. Okay. Um, it's not a green ribbon situation. You're not going to get beheaded or anything like that, okay? I might. Please please don't. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. <laughs> Just as a favor to me, <laughs> I would really appreciate it. As a favor to you, I want. Thank you. I You're really welcome. appreciate that. See? That's a strong marriage, everybody. <laughs> communication so (laughs) the long and short of his interaction with these women is he asks to be friends and both women are like i do not want to be your friend and return the gift hand it right back to him which okay even with the trajectory of he's kind of slightly getting interested in anna Mm -hmm. this makes no sense to me because it has been drilled into our Mm -hmm. brains Mm -hmm. like go i'm I'm thinking the same thing go go do uh, it trepanation uh uh, trap treponisons trepanation hang on what's the word that means drilling into a skull Osmosis. In modern practice, the technique of drilling a hole in one's skull is known as a craniotomy. Good job! Okay, shut up. Okay, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Okay. I learned that from Andrew Bird. Thank you, Andrew Bird. Thanks, Andy Birdie. Um, I'm going I'm such a good whistler. Okay, keep going. Summer is it. Yeah. She is the it girl. She has been he is crushing on named Summer for a thousand years. One thousand And she years. has smooched him multiple times now and undressed in front of him into a costume of one of his favorite superheroes. He is a... He would shoot Anna in the face <laughs> if Summer asked him to... And if she said, I will touch your dickhead if you shoot this woman in the face, he'd be like, which part of the face? Yeah. I'll do it. Yep. I'll do it right fucking now. Yep. It makes no sense that he turns Summer down. It makes no sense that he turns both of them down. It is one of the most inconsistent character choices of all time of anyone ever, period, full stop. Unless we're doing this in full service of the gag where he re-gifts the present to both of his parents. Mm-hmm. But I don't care about a visual gag as no. a button no. to this episode. I don't give a shit. No, I don't care either. It's highly inconsistent. He would choose Summer. He named his fucking boat after her. The he shins it to pictures of her me. every single night. <laughs> and you know it. I have to drink more. Just thinking about this plot point, I have to drink more. I'm going to get those other ingredients in my body. I'm going to go through this whole bottle of sparkling apple juice in this one episode. Oh, Do I have a problem? Maybe a little. I'm going to have to pee so much tonight, I'm not going to get any sleep. This is what it's like to be me, everybody. I didn't used to have this problem, but now I'm 42. So, Steve, if you're listening, I still pee way less than you in the middle of the night. So, take that. All right, Caleb. He's like five episodes. <laughs> he has no idea what he's missing. Caleb, you're going to have to get him on board with the fact that he's going to be the guest for the finale of this and every season. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll bully him into it. We were, he, he will be sitting in this chair. He will. We'll he get no a choice. third, no choice. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No power. Okay, so Caleb, no powers to Steve. So um, Caleb Nichols storms into the house. I feel like they should change the locks at this point. <laughs> this is a real Kramer situation. Yeah. yeah, they need to change the locks on this fucking house. <laughs> Way too many people have access to this home. Yep. Caleb's like, Kirsten, why did you give Sandy the survey? But also, I'm proud of you because you're a, like a real estate hawk now. Yeah, the way he frames it is great. He storms in and he's like, what were you thinking? I should fire you. Uh, that was uh, what he's like. That was a blatant breach of trust. Yeah. Uh, what you did was, you know, manipulative and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then his face softens and he's like, we might just make a real estate mogul of you yet. <laughs> And she's like, of course you're proud of me for this thing. Of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? Yep. So now Ryan is preparing to... Well, real quick. We're not done with Caleb Nipple. Uh, Nipple. Caleb Caleb Nipple. Nipple. That's what his nipples are named. (laughs) Caleb Nipple. He says good morning to them every morning. Good morning, Caleb Nipple. Good morning, Caleb Nipple. Good morning, Caleb Nipple. Because they're both named Caleb Nipple. You have to say hello to them individually. <laughs> he's not he's not a creative man. No. You know, he knows money. He knows finance. He doesn't know creativity. So there's a cute little moment where, yeah, he's like, we might make a real estate mogul of you yet. And she's like, Dad, you were going to defraud. You were trying to defraud the land trust, Dad. Like, it was unethical, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he goes to the tree, and he's like, oh, it's your mother's your mother's ornaments. They look really nice. And she's like, yeah, I'm the only person in this family who recognizes that our mom, my mom, your wife, died. And she's like, there might be a Christmas present for you under this tree. I'm not sure. <laughs> And it's cute. It's cute. I know that we're supposed to be highly conflicted with regards to one Caleb Nickel, but daddies. What are you going to do? You know, dads. 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 So Ryan is about, this is where we're about to leave with Ryan to take um, Marissa to therapy. We're almost there. We're almost there. No, we're there. there. No, we're not there yet because... Why? Um, Why are we Seth, there? We're so close. Seth is laying on something looking despondent. Oh, right. And that's when Ryan's like, so how'd it go? And he's like, well, I didn't choose either of them and neither of them chose me. So I'm stuck with these presents. He chose himself like Kelly from 90210. So he, he gives the presents to his folks and it's adorable <gasps> and a little pathetic wow I should <gasps> no, I have the hiccups <laughs> oh god I'm fine do you want to pause it nope the hiccups are fun are you sure <sighs> okay it'll be great you should pause it this is all <gasps> this is all quality no you should pause it <laughs> <gasps> no I'm fine pause it okay fine <gasps> Okay, and we're back. I've gotten rid of my hiccups. So now Ryan is about to leave and Sandy catches him. Right? Yes. And he says to Ryan, 
you don't have to be the parent anymore. Well, first, he's like, hey, but we're going to get a movie. Yeah. I want to put this guy. I'm going to pick out a movie. Do you want to join us? And his eyebrows are like. <laughs> uh, and Ryan's like, well, uh, Marissa's got therapy today and I was going to go join her. Yeah. And that's when Sandy says. His eyebrows are like the cheat. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not the cheat. What does the cheat sound like? I can't remember now. Roughly that. Roughly that. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing a much more blues clues than I am than I am the cheat. Blues clues. <laughs> that's that's more the cheat. Yes. Anyway. Uh and he's like, You can join us for the movie. And Ryan's like, No. Marissa's gotta do this. She's gotta do this for herself. Yeah. She's gotta do this on her own and you're not always gonna be able to be there. Yep. And that's when he says, You don't have to be the parent anymore. Yeah. Which is a very astute. It is up there in the dad speeches. Yeah, but he says of, you've got us now. You don't have to be the parent anymore. Of one Sandy Cohen. Yeah, it's a short one, but it's a good one. Yep, it's a good speech. So he agrees to stick around for the movies, and the movie choices are as follows: one. And these are out of order. One, it's a wonderful life. (laughs) Two, fiddler on the roof. (laughs) Three, over the top, which is. Is that a World War One movie? I don't fucking know. It's a. According to this show, it is a Sylvester Stone arm wrestling. Oh, it's the arm wrestling one. Yeah, and what is Sandy does a does a an impression. Of, uh, of 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 Sly, yes, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's going in the Sandy Cohen Hall of Fame. I think it's gonna be that's gonna be the Patreon episode, the Sandy Cohen Hall of Fame, at the very end of <laughs> this whole fucking thing. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's fine with me. I'm 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 okay. It'll be great. I'm interested. So I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. That's technically the end. Is that the end of the episode or do we end in we go the psychiatrist's office? Marissa. Yeah. So and again, the Coens are going to watch their movie. Again, this show doesn't know anything about how anything works because Marissa is sitting in a waiting room like Fugazi. Hello, Fugazi. <laughs> and I am a patient boy. I, I, I wait, I wait, I wait, I wait. A charismatic-ish young man is sitting across from her. Evan. His name is... Oliver Trask. Oliver Trask. Yes. This either is or is not the beginning of the Oliver Trask era of this television series. And for the sake of spoilers, I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. But Evan, yes, my love. As a current participant in the therapy system, yeah. When your therapist, when it is time for your therapist to see you, does your therapist like just kind of send you a text? Is it like Applebee's? Are you holding on to the buzzer? Does someone come out and you're like, oh, I am next on the therapy DMV list. My number is 236. It is time for me to go in. They come and get me. Yes. They come and get me. Yes. Yes. So 
Marissa is on her ass own in this psychiatry office. You would think that one or both of her parents would be there. Mm hmm. Just for the first session. Yeah. At least. Right. So at least she doesn't just nope out of this fucking thing, which she almost does. Yeah. She sits down. She's very uncomfortable. She picks up a magazine. You it's were in like, the Damn, era when you had to read yes. magazines. Yes. Where you don't have your phone. Yeah. Um, and she's about to get up and leave. And Oliver Trask, who we don't know is Oliver Trask yet, uh, is like, what? He says something like, I left three times before I finally what? went in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because he knows the process. He's apparently been doing this for a little while. And then he's like, he get, makes a bunch of guesses about her alcoholism mm-hmm. and her... Taking pills. Predisposition to taking pills and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, how did you know that? And I don't remember what he says next. I, uh, yeah. I couldn't see what book he was reading. Did you clock that? No, I did not. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, he's well-dressed. He's well-spoken. Do you want to ask... a little too nosy for my taste. Do you want to ask Google? <laughs> what book was Oliver Trask reading? <laughs> what book was Oliver Trask reading in episode 13 of The O.C.? These are the top results. <laughs> nope. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Boo. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not disappointed. So the music that's underscoring this interaction between the two of them makes the casual viewer think that Oliver Trask is not going to be just a person who's sitting in this waiting room. You don't name a character. No. Well, he's like, I know you. You go to Bayside? No, not Bayside. (laughs) What? It's fucking Saved by the Bell. Sorry. <laughs> Harbor. Harbor. He's like, School. I know you, you're the girl that organizes things. And she's like, well, I'm the chair of the planning committee. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, so mm, yeah, for a chair of a planning committee, you're Social. not very talkative. Social yeah, chair. A, maybe it's time for a recall election. And that gets a little snicker out of her. Did you know what a recall election was when you were 15 years old? I did not. Hit us up in the DMs. <laughs> so we have... That's where the episode ends, basically. Please hit us up in the DMs. Where yeah, uh, uh, somebody we, comes out and he's like, that's you because I'm waiting on the other door. And she gets up and she goes to therapy. Yep. And yeah, you do not name a fucking character. He doesn't go to Harbor. He goes to Portsmouth? Portmouth? <laughs> Portishead? Dockside? Portside? Bayside. I honestly don't remember, but I just really (laughs) enjoy watching you flail. It could have been one of those things. You don't know. You don't know. It could have been all of those things. So we're left with the Oliver Trask question at the end of the Chrismica episode. And did anyone get what they wanted for Chrismica? Did anyone get what they wanted for Chrismica? That is my discussion question to you. Oh, that's a really good discussion question. Um, fuck. So, okay. Whoa. That would be those wind gusts. It is winter storming, everybody. Yeah, wow. That would be those gusts of... You probably can't hear that because we have decent microphones now. But anyway, did anyone get what they wanted? Okay, so Caleb Nickel, no. Um, 
Julie Cooper, no. Because no. she wanted a, just a good party and to not have her reputation injured further by her daughter. So, no. Marissa, no. Caitlin, unclear. <laughs> Caitlin didn't have to be in this show, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Caitlin got what she wanted. Um... Sandy, yes. I think because Sandy was excited that Caleb was going to settle. And then, oh, the look on his face when he got to do that little speech. Yeah. Sandy, absolutely. This was maybe the best Christmaca Sandy has had. Any present anybody got him is going to pale in comparison to the humble pie that he got to feed fucking Caleb Nickel by hand. Oh, that's going to get him through the next few weeks of his life. Like any bad thing that could happen, flat tire, <laughs> they have to get the chimney re- redone. Nothing's going to matter. The the pure endorphins that making Caleb Nickel do that speech, the endorphins that gave Sandy are going to he's going to coast on that high for weeks. Just weeks. He's going to be floating. His feet aren't going to touch the fucking ground. <laughs> yeah, Sandy absolutely got what he wanted. Um, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Okay, well, Seth, no. Seth, obviously, no. Um, Ryan. Okay, you think you're going to disagree with me on Seth? Go for it. Tell me about it. I think it was pretty clear from the beginning of the episode that Seth's entire goal was to get Ryan on board with Chrismica. Oh, so you and don't we, think his Chrismica thing had anything to do with the I girls. don't think it had anything to do with the ladies. I think he was it was bros before Then I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Yeah, because I do feel like ah, because we failed to mention Ryan hangs his stocking up by the fire yep. at the end of the episode and it touches yep. everyone's heart. Everyone watches him do it, and they're really pleased. Everyone's heart grew a couple sizes, three or that four day. inches that day. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think Seth got what he wanted because yeah. he wanted Ryan on board, and Ryan is now on board, despite some difficulties. <laughs> um, but in the end, everyone gets Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and isn't so that what we time. all wanted? They'll have a good time. Um, and they've all got roofs over their head and food in their bellies and family that cares about them. And isn't that really the winning thing at the end of the day? Ryan, I don't know if he the, got no, one. No, 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 he did. You think he did? I do. For that exact reason? I think that he... This has been... This show up until this point and probably continuing forward mm-hmm. is a about Ryan accepting his place in this family. Sure. And every time we think that he's like, yeah, I'm on board, there's always something else that he's like, oh, yep. fuck, there's yep. this fucking thing about your bullshit. Right. I had to okay, deal with I this. Okay, I get it. I'm not going to deal with this again. Yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So, yep. and they're, they're embracing him every step of the way, which is it warms the cockles of my tiny coal heart. My cockles are absolutely hot right now. <laughs> Fire hot. You're saying this about my a. Cockles. Again, you're saying this about a 17 year old character. 
I'm talking about my cockles. Do you think I'm talking about my cock? That would be inappropriate and gross. I'm not talking about that. I'm ta- we're both talking about heart cockles. Heart cockles. Heart cockles. Heart. H-E-A-R-T. Not hard cock. We're not talking about hard cock. We're talking about heart cockles. Wow. Kathy, can you even believe this, that I have to deal with this? What an unprofessional move. Wow. I should edit this whole thing out, but it's staying in. It's staying in to keep us humble. It's staying in. (laughs) You're right. I would agree. Ryan gets what he wants, and Sandy got what he wants, and Seth got what he wants. What do you want? What 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 do you want? What does Seth want? What does Seth need? I was gonna this horsey in his bedroom. (laughs) I don't know, sorry. I was gonna go in a spice girls direction, but that's where our brains are. Oh, that's also a good one. Um who else? Who else did Uh Julie didn't. We said that Caleb didn't. We did uh Marissa obviously didn't. Yep. Um Luke probably did. Luke's probably doing fine. Luke's off somewhere being um, supportive of his gay dad. Uh, Anna didn't, and Summer didn't. Yep. So, there you go. All right. Episode hero. Do you have one? I might have to think about it. Yeah, I have one. Who is it? It's Ryan. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me your reasoning. It's the same reason as every other time. Ryan makes his needs clear. Mm-hmm. Ryan says, my mom was an alcoholic weirdo. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hang around with you if you're an alcoholic weirdo. Get mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. Ryan uh, makes strides in his emotional vocabulary. Yep. Insofar as he's like, hey, Seth. This thing happened to me. Here is a full sentence about it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not just it's not just looks and grunts. It's not grunts. It's not <laughs> eye fluttering. Yeah, it's not all face talking. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He does a lot of growth in this episode. Yep. Like a lot of growth. Yep. Sandy is my hero. Yeah. I've come to the conclusion that Sandy is my hero. Okay. I love watching Sandy do what he does. Uh. And I love watching him stick it to Caleb Nickel. <laughs> and I love the sheer joy that Peter Gallagher emotes in that moment. <laughs> it is wonderful. Really wish you would have pushed him in the pool. Yeah, this this show in general, for as many pools as it has... No one gets pushed. No one gets pushed into pools. It's a damn shame. I'm hoping season two has much more pool pushing. You think we're going to be in season two after this episode? No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. No, there's like 86 more episodes left in season one. There's I understand that. A minimum of, of 107. <laughs> okay. Um, I think my second hero is also Ryan for the same reason. Okay. Uh, my third hero is Kirsten. You- because she... Um, uh, she stands up to her dad a little bit at the end there yeah, to advocate for herself and to be like, dad, what you were doing was super shitty and you have to see that. Right. Yep. Like you do see that. Right. Dad, what you were doing was super shitty. Yeah. Right. Right. Dad. <laughs> uh, episode villain. Villian. It's a cop out, but I can't, uh, 
say anything more without giving away future plot points that oh, I'm like interesting. They're like they're like winter soldiering right now. <laughs> like Oh, interesting. Okay. They put all of her trask in a waiting room and I'm like, peanut butter. <laughs> My- Acorn <laughs> Uh, Chubby Checker. (laughs) (laughs) This may or may not give something away for you, but I don't care. Um, Oliver Trask is your is your villain of the episode. I'm gonna have some words. Caleb. Caleb Nickel. Yeah. That doesn't feel like a cop out. He was good at defraud the fucking land trust. Yep. Like, come on, dude. That's not. That's not cool. Baby girl, that is not what we do. That's not the look. That's not the move. No. No. No, thank you. Um, my villain is Jimmy's sweater. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, my villain is Jimmy's haircut. No, 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 no. no. Uh, my, my villain is the police officer uh, that pulls them over. No, 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 no. My, my villain is the mall security guard. No, 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 no. A cab. Uh, always A cab. But um, honestly, I don't think Caleb is my villain. I'm really struggling. For villainous things here. There's not a clear villain in this episode. I picked Caleb because of the obvious number one. Okay. What Go I'm ahead. Gonna, my, my pick is going to be potentially unfair. Oh, boy. I mean, okay, but hear me out. Oh, because, boy. Well, oh boy. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Because my pick gets to be very personal to me, right? Oh. I never have to justify this, but I will explain it. Um... It's totally unfair, but my villain is is is, is Marissa. Okay. Uh, it's it's completely unfair because she's going through a lot, and she doesn't have the tools or the language to work through what she's experiencing. So uh, she takes it out on herself, and in so doing, she takes it out on the people around her who care about her. Uh, you can do villainous things, and be considered a villain in the moment Mm -hmm. without yeah she's not a villain writ large right it's just yeah because of my lived experience and the question at the end of this episode is never who is the villain writ large it's who fucked up the most in this fucking episode yeah of these fuck ups i'm pleased to see that kirsten as sorry we're really earning this explicit rating we really are cunt so i'm really (laughs) pleased that marissa (laughs) I'm glad that they're pushing the character forward. Um, I'm a little upset that they're using it as a cheap opportunity to introduce a completely new character here halfway through the fucking season that I guarantee is going to introduce drama. But whatever. I mean, I guess you can't just end an episode on the high note of this girl is getting therapy. You there have to There are 8,600 episodes left in this season. I guess, yeah. I guess it was in, it was inevitable that we were going to be introduced to new people. And I was expecting it to happen in school. And I said that when we first when we first entered the school the school season semester. Yep. Um I was like, "Oh boy, we're probably going to be introduced to new characters." I wasn't expecting it to be a character that came from a different school. But that's neither here nor there. It's technically a school. Um so we continue to be in 
uh, sync. We're in synchronization. We're synchronized with the actual Gregorian calendar. I don't know how the fuck we did it, Sarah. It's wild because we've been doing an episode every other week. Uh-huh. And yet it manages to actually synchronize with the fucking calendar, which is so funny. We will not be doing a New Year's episode. I don't remember if there's a New Year's episode. I do not think there is because we'll next week is New Year's and I am not going to be talking in front of a microphone. No? Oh, shit. Are we taking a break? No. We're adhering to our two-week schedule. Oh, New and Year's next week is New is Year's. literally okay. next week. I gotcha. So you won't hear from us until two weeks from now. Are we going? Avid listeners. Are we going anywhere? No, we are not. No, of course the fuck not. No. No. Fuck New Year's. Yeah. No. As a thing to do in the outside confines of Tell us what you home. do for New Year's at OrangeU1 <laughs> on the Twitter box. Tweet at us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Chrismica, Sarah? Chrismica, Evan. You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched the OC. Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and questions by Sarah. Recorded by Evan. Edited by Evan. Uploaded by Sarah. Please give us as many stars as the platform you're listening to this on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2022. 